when I talk about podcasting, you know, it always comes down to these three things. Empathy. I paint a picture, you hold the brush. Education. They're smart. They want to learn. They're interested in the world. And again, at the end of the day, is it good? Is it entertaining? That to me is the core of any good podcast. Thanks for joining me on the Sound and Marketing Podcast for part two of my interview with Maddie Stout, former VP of Podcast Programming at iHeartRadio and current CEO and founder of Jam Street Media, a podcast production company for brands. My name is Gina Isham, and I'm head of audio at Dreamer Productions and StageHand Entertainment. Yeah, I think that they, they really draw in a sincere representation for a brand. It, it, sincere representation for an individual, but like I feel that this is a way that a brand that is a, um, you know, all-encompassing entity that you can't really touch, this is a way that you can touch someone, you know, emotionally or, you know, like have a response in some way when it's not a tangible connection, if that makes sense. Uh, I feel like this is a huge opportunity for brands and companies to uh, connect with their audience in a way that they can't just by being a physical building or something like that. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, and and, and people learn differently. Um, and, and, and audio has always been a, a, a big a way for people to learn and to um and to and to entertain themselves and audio has never been more popular than it is right now so if you're not thinking about audio as part of your branding strategy then you know you're kind of you're dismissing a, an entire group of people who want that agreed totally agreed and i find it fascinating that i mean i'm i'm coming into this several years in but i i find it fascinating that people haven't been talking about this more like 10 years ago, uh, your visual identity is so important. Why isn't your sound identity? It is a thing. It's, it's another one of the senses. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, when I, when I got into branded doing this kind of podcasting, um, you know, C Pratt and Pacific content were the only show in town. And, uh, Steve and I, have, he's been a mentor and a friend for, for a few years now. And, uh, I, I thought the same thing. Um, why, why wasn't this being done more? Cause I was teaching branded content, um, at, at the Academy of Art University. And I was teaching, you know, we were teaching video branded content and, uh, uh, yeah. And I started, a, you know, teaching the audio side of it too. So, uh, it, it's growing and it's, and it's definitely, there are definitely brand, a lot of brands who want to get into this at this point. Um, you know, I think for those of us in this business, uh, it's also convincing them that podcasting is not a, not a cheap endeavor that when you do this right, it does take a team to build a great podcast. Um, you know, the people, the, the podcast that people listen to and love are not, you know, two guys telling dick jokes, you know, for four hours on bad microphones. They're this American life. They're shows by Wondery. Um, you know, we want to do good productions for them. Um, but a lot of the times, you know, they have to realize that, that cause podcasting still has the stigma of being this little cheap thing that anybody with a microphone can do, which is true, but that doesn't mean it's going to be good. Yeah. And I think that um, the people that put the time and effort into their podcast, not just like turn on a microphone and just see whatever comes out of their mouth, the people that actually put some time and effort into it are going to come up with some kind of a structure. And I feel that with that structure, they can like, you know, streamline themselves further instead of just a one off idea their structure will lead to the next idea and to the next idea. And it's a show, you know, <laughs> there's, there's no show out there 
the only thing I can think is a variety show, but even that is scripted. There's no show that they just like sit down and say, okay, we're going to be funny or okay, we're going to talk business. There's something to it. Yeah, absolutely. And and it's something you have to to work at and, and build. And it, it, it you know, I, I remember, uh, and I don't want to throw her under the bus, but um, uh, oh my gosh, I, I'm uh, Amy Schumer. So they, they, Spotify, that was one of their first deals was with Amy Schumer. And, you know, oh my gosh, Amy Schumer is going to do a podcast and all this buzz. And you listen to the first couple episodes and, and they were bad. It sounded like what somebody thought a podcast should sound like. You know, those of us that were kind of, you know, in my world, we were sending it back and forth because we were like very interested to see what they were doing. And I'm like, am I the only one who thinks this is really, really bad? And everybody's like, yeah, this is really, really bad. And again, because they had kind of gone into this thinking, well, it's Amy Schumer. We'll just throw some microphones and uh, her and her friends will have these funny conversations and everybody will listen. And they weren't thought out and they weren't good. And I, and I think they lost a lot of opportunity there because of that. Yeah, I I really don't like it when people take a celebrity or a song or something that's topical of the time and connect it to themselves and just go, well, this is great. So we're going to attach ourselves to it. But if there's no correlation to what you're actually doing, or if there's no in this situation, like no really follow through or thought process going on to it, it's not going to work. It's it's the same as, you know, when somebody ties themselves to a popular song and calls that their like brand anthem or logo or whatever uh it only works as long as that song is popular and then you've become irrelevant i mean maybe there's a chance that it works but for the most part you become irrelevant just like your song does yep absolutely what do you um generally see with the companies that you work with do they usually have a clear vision of a podcast uh or is there a lot of creative development that you you kind of have to walk them through and uh come up with together or separately um, I think a lot of brands come into it with an idea of a podcast, uh, but at the end of the day, my job is to make sure that I convert what their idea is into something that's actually going to work. Uh, I've had uh, a couple, you know, brands that have had bad ideas when they walked in the door and, you know, we've been able to steer them in the direction of doing it right. I've also worked with a brand that had a bad idea and insisted upon doing it. And that was, that was the last time I do that. <laughs> because it wasn't fun. It wasn't fun for me and it, and it wasn't a good podcast. And, and again, at the end of the day, um, you know, I think that you have to trust the professionals. So, um, you know, I, I, I know what I'm doing. I have done a lot. I've launched almost 300 podcasts. So I, I'm going to steer you in the right direction, but you have to trust me to do that. Um, but at the same time, I also know that I don't know the brand as well as the brand does. So our job is to work together. On, on education. I educate them on what works. They educate me on who, who, who their customer is and what things they like so that we come up with an idea together. That's when this works the best is when there is just the, you know, where we, you know, spend a lot of time uh, with a brand. We've got a brand we're getting ready to work with that we're going to spend three days this week um, at their headquarters, um, you know, working on ideas. Uh, I think that that's, that's vital to this um, and that's how this works best. What would be your favorite, your number one favorite use of a podcasting for a brand? Well, I think that, you know, when you have a story to tell, um, you know, about your company, about, you know, your, your brand values. So, 
Um, let me give an example. So I work with the Federal Reserve Bank of, of San Francisco and we've done three podcasts with them and, and they've all been different and they've all touched on something that was important to the, to the Federal Reserve, but not something you would think, oh my God, a bank put out that podcast. Um, we do one called Zip Code Economies, which is a storytelling podcast where we go to small towns and, and talk about the economy of that town and the people who live there. Um, I think that's, you know, something you would never think that that was coming from the Federal Reserve. Um, and then we do another one called Does College Matter, where we, you know, we interview and talk to folks who have used their college education uh, to better their lives. And again, you know, the Federal Reserve is very much involved with student student loans and, and getting, you know, folks money for college. So, um, you know, those were great ways of 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 taking some values in, of the brand and converting them into podcasts that anybody would want to listen to who's interested in those subjects. Yeah, I saw your your zip code economies on your site, and I I thought that that was a fantastic idea. I thought that was really really creative. I think uh, one that I've been uh, here and there listening to that I think is really creative is the Ron Burgundy show. Have you listened to that one? Um, yeah, that was one of the ones we developed at iHeart. So uh, yeah, oh, you, yeah, okay. I have. <laughs> There you go. I just liked it because it was like because of his personality, he could like just, you know, put an advertisement right in there and it fits into the podcast itself. Yeah, so yeah, that 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 was uh, I'll tell you more than just the people listening and the advertising. It was it was great advertisement for iHeartRadio. Um, a lot of folks didn't even know that you could listen to podcasts on iHeart until the Ron Burgundy podcast came out. So um, it had several different things that it touched on and helped out with uh, with the strategy that we had at iHeart. That's awesome. I, I wonder if Will Ferrell can do anything not good. <laughs> I, I really like him. I, I wonder the same thing. And, and he, <laughs> his, his process is pretty awesome and amazing, you know, when they come in and do that podcast and how he can uh, turn it on. Um, and, 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 and it's, it's a show that uh, I was quite frankly, a little nervous about. I, I don't, I don't like satire in podcasting. Uh, that's my personal thing. I, I like real in podcasts. So um, I, I'm also not a huge fan of scripted podcasts. And not that, you know, I, I think they're wonderful, um, but that's just the, my personal taste. You know, I, I'm a sucker for like S-Town or uh, any kind of storytelling, you know, podcast like that. Um, I, I, I'm nuts for that stuff. Well, and that's why there, there can be so, many, so much content on here because everybody has a different preference, just like TV. Yeah, Absolutely. Going back to iHeartRadio, I did want to ask, because um, I know that Pandora and Spotify are trying to acquire original podcast content, um, and I'm still trying to wrap my head around that because it feels like everything is on every platform. For instance, uh, the Ron Burgundy one I saw originally on the Podbean app, so I didn't even really know that it was an iHeartRadio specific um how does how does that work are you are you trying to do the or are they trying to do a lot of original podcast content or are they just trying to like start off and then spur it off to other categories other areas well when you do a podcast i tell everybody you put it on every shelf it's like baking bread when you bake good bread you put it on every shelf in every store that you can find um because it all comes down to the downloads and we don't really care where the downloads come from um you know, with something like Spotify, they will be doing content that is going to be only heard on Spotify. Uh, so that's why they're doing these, these, some of these content deals. Um, they're also looking to acquire, you know, just IP so that, uh, you know, they, they have, you know, podcasts with lots of downloads to sell against. 
Um, there's, there's also how we promote podcasts. You know, our number way, way to promote podcasting is still by doing ads on other podcasts. So if you don't have a great network of podcasts to use that ecosystem, then it's hard to promote the new stuff that you, you do. So if I sell my podcast to iHeart, I'm, I know that iHeart is going to promote them on their popular podcasts, how stuff works, all of those podcasts. So, you know, there's a lot that goes into that business um, than just, you know, having the content. Uh, you mentioned that the best use of advertising is to advertise on other podcasts. Is there any kind of clever or creative creative ways that you've seen people advertise on their own podcasts? Well, I mean, you know, when you, it's just like anything else. When you're talking into an echo chamber, if, if you're only talking to people that know you, you're, you don't grow. You have to find like audiences who will enjoy your content. And if that means going and being guests on their podcasts or – um, or going into Reddit groups or other places where people are talking about podcasts or your topic, um, those are places to find your audience. Um, you know, it's still, you know, you have to do a lot of groundwork on that. People are not just going to find your podcast. Uh, you have to be aggressively looking for an audience because, uh, again, there are a lot of shows out there. I mean, I, 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 I probably get seven podcasts a day sent to me from people wanting me to listen to them, which I, you know, I, I, I don't anymore because, uh, I, uh, I, you know, it's, it's only so much time in the day. So, um, yeah, I think that's really an important thing. And I, it's something that, you know, people were like, well, why isn't my podcast growing? And I'm like, well, what are you doing to grow it? You know, what are you, what are, what are you actively doing? It should be a daily process. You should probably spend a couple hours a day finding ways to promote your podcast. Yeah. And um, I think that stems off of just creatives in general, because <laughs> I come from the creative world and it frustrates me to no ends to see uh, musicians, especially I'm from Portland. So there's like some crazy talented Portland musicians, but they sit on their hands and they're just like, I'm awesome. Someone's going to discover me. I don't need to do anything. I shouldn't cave, you know, damn the man. I shouldn't change my way, but I still want to make money. And yeah, it's kind of realistic or unrealistic. No, I, I, I work with folks who don't network and it's frustrating. Um, I, and it's something I learned late in life, to be honest with you. Um, I, was, um, I was a very good executive producer, one of the best in the country. And um, unfortunately, I knew it. And I never thought I needed to connect with other people in the business. And when I left and, and went to Stitcher and, and this, you know, in the years following, I realized I'd done a terrible job of cultivating connections. Um, as I became a business person and an entrepreneur. So I, I'm probably the opposite of that now where I am, I, I, man, if you reach out to me and you want to talk about this business, I'll talk to you about this business because I'm all about creating connections. Um, our company is getting ready to put out a, uh, a newsletter weekly where we're going to highlight stories about podcast for brands um, and, and, and reach out to all the folks who are doing podcasts for brands so that, you know, we build that community up. Um, community is everything. And, and, and especially in this world, because podcasting is still a friendly environment where everybody wants to help each other out. Um, and I don't know how long it's going to stay that way, but while it is that way, it's, it's important to take advantage of it and, and see how you can help people and then, you know, see how they can help you. 
Yeah, I agree. It it's it's a community event. Uh, we should all be helping each other out because if we think that you know everybody's out to get us, that's just unrealistic. Everyone brings something else to the table. No one is. Tr- I don't believe anyone is truly a threat to another person because we're all bringing something else. So let's be helpful to each other. <laughs> Absolutely. And, and 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 if you don't have the confidence that you're 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 good at what you do and that you're. Um, you bring value to something, then then that's something you have to evaluate it. I was just talking, um, I might be working with a writer whose whole thing is how mental health and the in the entrepreneurial world, it's something that is not talked about enough. And that, you know, we have to put up, especially if you're an entrepreneur, you have to, you know, act like you're awesome and that there's nothing going wrong and you're 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 fronting the show the whole time. Um, we're, you know, the suicide rate amongst entrepreneurs is, is tremendous. And, um, you know, there's a lot of mental health well-being that needs to go into to this and, and building community and reaching out and working with other people, I think, helps with that a lot. Yeah, there's a book that I love, and this kind of spurred me into the whole content marketing world several years ago, but it's called Show Your Work by Austin Kleon. Super easy book. Like, I have two little kids and I read it in an afternoon and that's saying a lot, but, um, it just tells you to like share your story, share your development, how you're coming up with these things because everybody wants a story. You know, you're so much more interesting to somebody if they've joined you on the process of what's going on. So like if you're real and you're true and you say, Hey, this is hard. I'm working really hard. This did not happen overnight. You become so much more relatable. And I feel like you would connect, you would keep an audience longer. They would follow you longer because they're invested in you. They were invested in your story. Yeah. Yeah. And and you'll see like, you know, if you go to my website or my medium page, um, I I put out articles that are, that are not helping me build business as much as they are building, uh, you know, you know, my showing that I know things about podcasting that I want to share with people. Um, you know, I, I give out as much free advice as I can because at the end of the day, I can give you all the free advice in the world. It doesn't mean you can do what I do. And uh, I have to, but you have to be confident in that and know that, that, that you're, you're special in what you do and, and that you do bring uh, something different to the game than anybody else. So to wrap it up, uh, what would you consider, because you've, you know, you've said, you know, don't, don't expect a ton of advertising money. You have to push really hard. I mean, you can make money off of it, but you have to push really hard. You have to, you know, time and resources and uh, have a real developed idea. What would you say would be a realistic goal for a return on investment for starting a podcast for your brand? It's kind of a general question, but. Um, well, I, I think that it, it, it just depends on why you started the podcast. So if the return on investment is, is name recognition and, and, and building up, you know, that part of it, I, I would definitely say, you know, that's one thing. And, and, and as far as actually the investment in the, in the podcast, um, you know, just, just look at what you spend on video. And, and if you can spend a quarter of that on podcasting, then uh, I think you're going to go somewhere with it. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so if anyone wants to get a hold of you, how can they reach out? How can they find you? So I'm Maddie, M-A-T-T-Y at jamstreetmedia.com. But I'm on all the socials, Maddie Stout, M-A-T-T-Y, S-T-A-U-D-T. Uh, it's a great way to uh, reach out. I'm very active on uh, on Twitter and LinkedIn. So say hi to me. Wonderful. Well, thank you so much for your time today, Maddie. This has been wonderful yet again. Oh, good. Thanks. It's fun. <laughs> all right. Um, so thank you all for joining us and we'll 
check you out next time. We are living in a screenless society. What does that mean? It means that we have become so busy that we don't have time to look down at our phone screens, let alone a computer screen. So existing in the audio world for a brand or a company is essential. I hope you enjoyed today's episode of Sound and Marketing. Don't forget to follow and subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, iHeartRadio, and Stitcher. And don't forget to enter promo code SOUNDINMARKETING for your one-month free trial of Stitcher Premium. The link and promo code will be listed in the show notes of this episode. To get a hold of Maddie, you can find him on LinkedIn and Twitter. For more information on his company, go to Jam Street Media. To get a hold of me, you can find me at Dreamer Productions. That's Dreamer, D-R-E-A-M-R, productions.com, LinkedIn, and Facebook. You can also email me at Gina, J-E-A-N-N-A, at dreamerproductions.com. All links will be provided in the show notes for this episode. Let's make this world of sound more intriguing, more unique, and more and more on brand.